everyone. Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 198, Are Trail Ratings Dependable? On this episode, we get back to some basics in talking about trail ratings. Is there a need for a consistent trail rating with so many new backpackers exploring different terrain? What constitutes difficult? Are ratings entirely based on calculation alone, and should they be? Is it sufficient enough to objectively prepare for what do you think? And then to wrap it all up, we offer some basic need-to-know tips to help you pre-plan for the inconsistencies in trail ratings for your upcoming backpacking trip. Get talking about this topic. Join in on the discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and start the conversation. Come hang out with us and be part of our community. We want to hear from you. So for people that are starting uh, backpacking and they're new to backpacking or they're prepping for the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail in 2022, you got to go over to the Backcountry Foodie. That's Erin Owens Mayhew of Backcountry Foodie. She offers meal plans for backpackers, for your backpacking adventure, for your hikes, for your long distance through hikes for specific needs. So everyone has different needs, right? Everyone has different bodies, different ways they eat. Well, Erin is a registered dietitian and is an avid backpacker herself. She just did a huge section of the Continental Divide Trail. Both Erin and Trust the Trail podcast understand how important nutrition is on the trail. Just go to www.thebackcountryfoodie.com. Use the promo code TRUSTTHETRAIL and get 20% off of their membership services. Backcountry Foodie also offers our listeners who go on our trips with us specific one-on-one meal planning. And you can schedule that as a member right on your site, even if you're not going on one of our trips. It is a great resource to learn meals, to get an idea of lightweight meals, healthy meals, nutritional meals. That's the backcountryfoodie.com. Go and join up. Sign up today. So Santa Fe, we're still here. We are still here. Santa Fe, New Mexico, we are coming to you from a beautiful, lovely studio here. Uh, We call it uh, a hotel. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) it's it's good to have you back, Ariane. Yeah, I we you know, it's been a whirlwind as you heard on the latest episode um of uh trying to get our feet back underneath us and uh you know kind of deal with life as it you know smacks you in the face um but it, it's we're back it's it's really it's really nice to connect with you guys and we've been so excited to do this this is our second take at this episode losing some of our uh losing some of the information that we had provided. And so I'm excited to do this again uh, and uh, bring this content to you that we promised a long time ago. So so it's crazy because if you would have told me a month ago that you and I separately would have crisscrossed the country and like rendezvoused in Santa Fe, New Mexico, it would have been like, okay, you're smoking something, you know, you're, <laughs> you know, that that's we're we're, but that it that's exactly what happened. I mean, 
Uh, one of us is crisscrossing one way. The other person is crisscrossing the other way. You're going way. north to south. You're going east to west. I'm going east to west. And we just kind of like, it just really lucked out that um, I was close to Santa Fe. Ariana is now coming to Santa Fe for work. Um, and uh, we have a lot more to talk about that, um, you know, as we as we you know go through our uh, uh, up to our 200th episode. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're both here. We're both enjoying, uh, Santa Fe is a beautiful town. I mean, it's just absolutely beautiful. A lot of rich history. Um, we got to play a little bit and uh, go back to our childhood and went to, uh, an event place, uh, here, which was a blast. We had so much fun and, uh, um, finding trap doors and sliding through stuff. And it was just so much fun. It was really good to just escape, uh, everything. And, uh, as, uh, you go back North up to winter, I'm going up Northeast back to winter. So <laughs> I'll see you. I'll see you in the fridge. Arctic, I guess. I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, we wanted to do this pot. We want to do this episode for a while because it's one of the, it's probably, uh, with everybody going out, uh, the, well, during the pandemic and on a lot of new hikers, a lot of um, uh, people going out for the first time, we noticed a huge trend. Not only have we seen, a, and we've talked about this before on our show, uh, we've seen a huge uptick in search and rescue. We've seen a huge uptick in people getting lost on the trail. And, you know, we started talking about it and we think that maybe we kind of have a we kind of identified the problem, and I think uh, we're going to offer a solution at the uh, end of the at the end of the episode, um, and that's trail ratings um, and trail information, um, specifically ratings. And so, there's kind of like we've noticed like there's really kind of two different ratings now <laughs> in the trail system, and uh, one is calculated. And one is b- totally based on perspective. <laughs> and sometimes they both get a little, you know, mismatched. And so we're going to talk about this uh, because I think it's an important topic to talk about. Um, so we, as a community, can help new people identify when they say, hey, I'm going to go hiking. Where are you going to go? I want to hit this trail. What do you know about it? Well, I read it was great. Well, let's kind of delve into that a little bit more. Um, so... Um, you're not, uh, your friend isn't, uh, you know, there's not a search party looking for your friend. <laughs> so, uh, so you, you have a lot to, you have a lot to talk about this. Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, I was, I was really inspired, uh, by digging into this topic, uh, on a podcast, uh, because I, over the summer, um, as, as, as our listeners, if you are following in route with us, uh, know that I accepted a, you know, a part-time job at a a trading post up at the Northeast entrance of Yellowstone, um, only a few miles away from the entrance, but, uh, you know, definitely an, one of the more epic entrances to Yellowstone. And, and because of that, I intercepted with an, an obscene amount of you're just your general tourist, um, unprepared tourist, uh, families, um, you know, a lot of novice people coming out of the woodworks and, and trying to explore National Park. I, if, you know, if you follow Yellowstone and any of their media accounts, you would know that they had, as all national parks, have seen record-breaking numbers 
beyond what they could have ever anticipated. So there's a lot of people coming in and a lot of people trying to explore uh, our national parks, specifically in our experience, Yellowstone. And, and that comes with more than just driving through the park. They want to experience it on a different level. And so I got asked one question so frequently that it became an inspiration for this topic. And that was simply, what trail should I do? What trail should we do? As though there's like one specific answer to that question. (laughs) That is a very generalized statement specifically with over over a thousand miles of trails in Yellowstone and we're just talking about the the northern section there right so that's just the national park that's not even including the national forest (laughs) right that Yellowstone sits in the middle of two national forests really right and so it's it's just a very blanketed statement what trail should I do now they have no regard to diving any any more in depth into that, um, asking specific questions. It's just there's important information that goes along with that question <laughs> that, you know, the, the, the kind of needs to become a little bit more of a dialogue. Now, I could look at them at a glance and make a very rash decision as a human and say, Uh, I'm going to take one look at you. You should probably do this trail. I got to know the trails really, really well. So I became a source of information for these tourists that are coming through. And, and so I could, I could have easily just done that. But instead I said, well, what are you looking to get out of it? What are you wanting? And I started asking them questions. And of course, with the amount of tourists that came in, I couldn't really like dive in one-on-one with these individuals. So I, I just got inspired by this whole concept of, are they looking at a resource? Are they going anywhere? And the digger, the, the more I dug into Yellowstone's information source for trail information for your just basic hiker, not even a backpacker, your basic hiker, I came to find out that Yellowstone doesn't very easily at a glance break down like even just a basic trail rating for people. So let's say I go to Yellowstone's website National Park website, because that is the end-all be-all for everything I need to know going into Yellowstone. And there's nothing that breaks it down for me saying, okay, I'm novice. I I need an easy hike. I need like a two-mile hike, right? I have kids. I'm not going to get very far. Or I want a trail with water or this, that, or the other. It's not very easy at a glance. No wonder people talk to others and say, hey, what trail should I do? There's, there's, you know, they break it up by section, making sense having been uh, in Yellowstone for so long. But where is that resource for your novice individual uh, to be able to, at a glance, very quickly, I don't have a lot of time, decide for myself what trail would be adequate and safe for me to partake in? Yeah, and and mixed in with all the other things that they want to experience. Um, right. And, and the, the, the big thing that I think we noticed was that um, it's different everywhere. Um, every national park has it seems to have its own um, trail rating system. Um, and, and you're going to know, I mean, there's, there's some things that as, uh, you know, as a tourist, you know, you're going to have some basic information. But, but really, uh, the question is, I mean, there were many times, you know, when I was uh, outside, I'd get 
the same question. Um, where do I go see the wildlife? Right, right. You know, and, and the next question is... How sh- close up do you want to see them? <laughs> My favorite question is, do you think, we, do you think we, we really need bear spray out here? Yeah. And I'd be, well, not unless you want to be lunch. No, you know, you do whatever you want to do. <laughs> really? There Are there that many bears? Um, yeah. yeah. And you're part of the food chain, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like, you know, even in this small little corner and nook of one little pocket of of the United States and one little pocket of people that I'm intercepting with and you know engaging with on an you know on an hourly basis you know it really got me thinking there is a major problem here there's a bigger problem and and when I start thinking about it beyond that I just really was inspired there's absolutely no consistent trail rating system within the United States. There's a lot of different trail rating systems that you can choose from, but it makes the the prep work, the planning and preparing that much more difficult uh, to, to comprehend, to understand, especially as a novice hiker uh, or somebody who's just trying to dip their toes in the water just a little bit to give their family an experience. And, and this is why uh, in many cases, you know, we're we're combated with all these other problems that are, you know, layered on top of this with all these new people going outdoors. Yeah, and I think the uh, um, the larger issue is that do new hikers or people that are coming out for the first time do they even know what a trail rating is? You know, like well, I how to utilize it to to keep themselves safe but their experience exactly what they want of it right so like you know let's say you know i'm a you know 25 year old um which i can relate to because i still have a 25 year old (laughs) body um but if if you know if i'm a 25 year old and I'm, i'm healthy and you know i run and you know i'm physically fit and i see a trail rating that says difficult well is it difficult for me you know, um, what's what's the difference? Um, you know, like what's my perspective of that? Because what's difficult in one national park could be could be strenuous in another national park. Um, what's easy to moderate in one area could be really difficult. Um, and and the thing is, is that what I found in the twenty years that you know I've been trekking across the country and hiking and backpacking, that I I do notice that the system. The trail rating system seems to be local, for because you know these these all most of the rangers that work in you know national parks are local residents of that area, so their perspective then becomes, well, I wouldn't do that trail if I were you, and we we hear that a lot from the locals. You know, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times we've asked a local ranger, hey, what's that trail like? Uh, I wouldn't do it if I were you. And like when they say that, you're like, well, what do you, what why? Do you, why? <laughs> what do you mean by that? So it's, 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 you know, the trail rating system is, in, in my view, uh, it's, it's a little bit of a um, perspective, but there actually is a formula too that people have put together. Yeah, so this is kind of the topic that we wanted to bring to the table, and we really are interested in in an open dialogue um, on your guys' end as our listeners uh, to really decide, 
you know, does the United States need to find a basic beginning point in designating a trail with a universal rating system? This is the biggest question. Like, is it a need? Is it a necessary thing? Or do does everybody have to do that back end work on their own and and figure it out? Now, this isn't really a problem necessary for somebody who's experienced, who uh, understands hiking and backpacking they understand their level um, and what they can combat and what they can't but for somebody who is beginning it's easy for us as experienced hikers to forget that this is all very 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 overwhelming to prepare for as a newbie as somebody who maybe doesn't understand uh, where their level is or where they fall into that rating system right so um you know, should be should it be consistent from national park to state park to you know to, to any um, you know national forest to eliminate that confusion and to properly set us up all for success? Not only the hiker, but every other person that gets engaged in that person's hike because of X components, X factors, whatever. So let me give a couple of examples to to maybe help us understand a little bit of kind of where the trail ratings are bouncing all over the place. So for example, Shenandoah National Park, which is out of Virginia, they use a numerical rating with a predetermined formula to measure a difficulty of a trail. Sounds great, right? It sounds like there's math involved. <laughs> there is math involved. And I'm not good at math. <laughs> so their formula is elevation gain. Take your elevation gain uh, times that by two, then times that by your total of miles. Then the product's square root is your numerical rating. Okay, I, I'm, I'm just not going to hike in Shenandoah National Forest. Well, and unfortunately, the, you know, the trail system, the trail rating would be like, you know, when you're climbing uphill and you're like, this sucks. <laughs> That's my trail rating system. Does it? I go on the uh, on the basis of uh, of one to five on how much it it sucked. Okay. Like you know, five if it really really sucks, that's like a difficult, a strenuous hell for okay. me. Okay. So let, let's take this. So you're prepping for you're going in to Shenandoah National Park. It's breathtaking. It's epic. It's everybody should have it on their bucket list, right? All right. Well, which trail should I do? I'm new. I really don't know what these ratings mean. Uh, am I going to get it over my head, right? That's what we hope people are, are, are doing out there. So for example, let's say you select a 10-mile hike. You think you can do a 10-mile hike, right? You select a 10-mile hike because everybody out there tells you that's the trail to do. So you look a little bit deeper. You have your 10-mile hike. It gains about 2,200 feet in elevation, right? So now you've got some math to do. All you really want to do is get outdoors, explore, disconnect, reconnect. <laughs> but first you have some math to calculate before you can do that. So you have, uh, so you have your elevation gain, which is 2,200. Okay, now you're going to times that by two, right? You're going to multiply it by two. So now you have that equals 4,400. All right, sounds good. Well, next step is you take your 4,400 right? Um, which then you times that by 10. So that's your mileage. So do you get where you already already don't want to do this calculation? I'm already so, tired. So now you're at 44,000. 
This is your number. This is your magic number, 44,000. Okay, the square root of 44,000, who knows that off the top of their head? Oh, lo and behold, it's 209.8. 200, okay, okay. This trail is a 209.8, got it. Well, what does that mean? Well, that, oh, that further than corresponds to a numerical rating, which gives you a word. Is everybody following me yet? Everybody? Everybody, are you on board here? Of course you're not. Of course you're not on board. This is ridiculous. Like a mathematical equation as a newbie, you already are like, I'm out. I'm just going to go hike. <laughs> I'm just going to go hike by the river now, right? Of course it's not. So, or you could just be like, let's take for in Oregon, for example. They use a combination of a trail rating, or sorry, I'm sorry, trail conditions. So, what the condition of the actual terrain is, the steepness, so that could be your elevation gain, uh, the steepness of the elevation gain, then they add in elevation gain and loss as a full calculation, and then they add in an amount of natural obstacles that you're going to encounter while on that said trail with all those other components, and then they give it an overall rating. Okay, kind of liking that better. It takes the math equation out of it. But what does that mean? <laughs> because what does a natural obstacle constitute? And how do they determine what that said obstacle is and put a rating number on it? How much of that obstacle? Is it literally like a two foot section of that obstacle? And then that's going to bump up the trail rating to a difficult when it was like only, only two feet worth of an obstacle. Um, you know, how do they, it seems a little bit more objective, right? In that case where you're, you're adding in not only like more of a calculation without having a formula, but then you're layering in more subjective aspects into a rating to get overall rating. I love the word obstacle. It's such a broad word, <laughs> you know, like it could be anything like it could be Bigfoot. I don't know. You, you, you might have to wrestle Bigfoot. Um, it could, you could have a wildlife encounter. It could be, eh, the trail kind of ends and we don't really know where it picks up again. That could be an obstacle. Um, you know, um, you know, up in the Pacific Northwest, it's probably a wildfire. So, you know, well, you know I mean, what's an obstacle to the people who, who make the trail rating? You'll probably encounter an obstacle. Uh, oh, okay. So we're going to bump that up to a difficult. Yeah. I, but, 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 okay. So before I, before I finish, you know, one other big, big, big trail rating system that is commonly used more in California, we're going to, I wanted to bring up really quickly that, okay, well, that's a trail rating, but, oh, now you need to dig even further into your research on, like, and this is something that goes beyond this conversation, but, okay, well, now what has happened? Like, t take um, Sycamore Canyon. Well, Sycamore Canyon has a general rating of uh, darn, darn difficult, <laughs> but, but... They've had recent fires and floods, and so, you know, does that exclamation. So you kind of have to layer that in with more common knowledge. But getting back to the topic at hand, let's talk about uh, the Yosemite Decimal System. This is a very commonly known um, trail rating system um, that is was designed by the Sierra Club and is more commonly um, 
used in California, but has become more widespread of, um, you know, widespread uh, knowledge of, of kind of how to rate it. And it's really just a, it's a three-part system and it's very basic, you know, you're easy, moderate, difficult. Um, but again, that's going back into like, where are those components being um, pulled from? Like, where's that information being gathered and how is that applying to you? Well, and I think therein lies the issue. So, and I, and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, you know, like trail conditions are a huge factor in the rating. So I would also argue that ratings for trail should change as conditions change on the trail. For example, Smoky Mountain National Park. Now, I've done a lot of trails in the Smokies. And one time in particular, we went um, after they had 100-mile-per-hour winds. They had 20,000 blowdowns in the park, 20,000 trees. So that would make a trail if there was a lot of blowdown. And the Smoky Mountains, in general, most of the trails are probably rated you know, difficult to strenuous if you're going to go up on the ridge. So now a trail that's rated difficult, you're spending the day climbing over, under, negotiating fallen trees. Does now, has the train, has that trail now become strenuous? Well, that's exactly what I experienced in trying to do the Conestoga uh, River Trail. Yeah, yeah, where there was no trail like, anymore. Less than two years ago. Yeah, yeah. right. So, I, th- I, in, you know, in our humble opinion, probably based on experience, um, I think trail conditions, climate, weather, fires, floods, change the condition of the trail. Therefore, the trail rating for that moment should be altered. And, I, and, and, and that's, the, that's the issue kind of we want to get into because I think that's the crux of some of these search and rescues and some of these people getting lost and some of these people having, you know, difficult time on, on the trail is that not only um, are, they, are people not taking in account for that, but they're not even going to the National Park website. They're not going to the National Forest website. Now, the National Forests, by the way, are usually pretty good at updates. They have a whole section of alert conditions and alerts, and all the conditions and alerts are in red. Um, and most National Forests, those guys are, they're probably, because they're in the field a lot more um, than National Park Rangers are. And so they usually, if there's a flood or there's an issue with a road that's closed, you know, they're, they're pretty good with that um, information. But for the most part, guess where people go? They go to an app. Or they go to a blog that is now updated, which I did in in an error of trying to figure out a, a trail rating. It's gonna it it that does bring a whole level of complexity though. Some could argue that the trail is the trail. It's the trail. It's it, as intended in good condition. It's the trail itself. It's the all alternate aspects 
or the different scenarios or the recent uh, flooding or the recent fire or the recent blowdown or the recent weather condition systems that have come through that then changes that the trail rating stays the same as a core but then how do you then layer on conditional aspects into that and that's where you get into the subjective objective ability of trying to uh understand trail ratings and what you're getting into those are two very different components that are like butting heads yeah but there's a huge difference between a trail rating in a trail review. Right, right, <laughs> right. So, and I think the, the you know, from what we see out there is that they're not even looking at the trail ratings. They're looking at the trail If there reviews. is a trail rating. If there's a trail rating, they're looking at the trail review. And I think that's where the rubber meets the road when it, when it comes to disaster. Um, so as a new hiker, as somebody who's new, and, you know, you are going to go in an unfamiliar area on a, you know, um, and, and Sedona is a great example of that because, you know, there's so many people that hike those trails on Sedona. Um, and you get reviews from, it was the most beautiful trail I've ever done. I had such a good time. Hardly anybody there. So you're like, you knew, well, let's go do that one. Well, then, you know, you find out that, you know, there's 300 people there. Um, and you know, the reviewer didn't tell you that they were on the trail at six o'clock in the morning watching sunrise. <laughs> You're there at three o'clock in the afternoon wondering what's gone wrong. So the reviews, I think, are a huge part of the misconception of what the trail is, how hard the trail is, you know, um, and it's all in perspective because you are looking at a mass amount of well, you're looking at a huge difference in age groups, physical fitness. Um, you're looking at uh, experience versus non-experience. You're looking at someone who, um, you know, um, I, I mean, reviews are so subjective. So subjective. And you also add in how they felt at the end of that when they go to write the review, you know, either it was really tough and they were mentally defeated or they uh, are on a natural high and it's exactly what they needed because they haven't been out in nature in forever. There's so many layered components and factors. And, and that's, you know, there's kind of the whole social media influence, the whole uh, trail perspective, um, how somebody felt about a trail rather than uh, having more concrete logistical aspects that could like form a con like a like a proper conclusion I don't even know if that that even feels subjective to me but um you know that's the thing you know perhaps that's why there's not one said trail rating system that is applicable from from location to location to state to state to national park to state park because you have subjectivity brought into whether it, it is it is um, difficult or not. So like your natural barriers, obstacles, you know, challenges in the terrain itself, steepness of a cliffside, perhaps heights, um, mileage, all of these things they, 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 they are, in all honesty, much more subjective to each individual, which is where your, um, you know, trail rating reviews come in. So all of these subjective components, um, 
can be completely challenged. They're just not equal in challenging challenges to other people. So like not everybody will view those subjective aspects in the same way, um, which in lies the problem for easily rating a trail that can be applicable to everybody that can be non-subjective um, without throwing like a mathematical formula in there. And that's kind of, that's kind of a, that's kind of a big problem. So like, how do you, do you bring subjectivity into a formula? Do you take it out entirely and leave that then to the decision of the hiker? Well, the, the, the problem is, is that people are doing research off of reviews and that can be really tricky um, because you're not comparing apples to apples. You're comparing apples to oranges, to bananas, to lemons, to, you know, you're, you're, you're not comparing, you know, uh, the same, you know, like if, if someone writes a review and the, the other thing too, that these ratings, you know, trail ratings, you know, like easy, moderate, difficult, strenuous. Well, Anybody can put a rating system on an app or on a website. That's easy to do. Hell, I could do it. You know, that's easy to do. So now you have rating systems where people are rating it difficult, strenuous. Based, based on, on their experience. Yeah, based on their perspective. And, and so that has, that has in no way, shape, or form even parallel the... Sierra trading or this um, the um, uh, Sierra Club uh, rating system. So you know if and I think that is one of the issues. I I wish that app, these all these apps and all these websites would take um, the ability to rate how difficult the trail is because that is a false sense of security there. And I mean I know you had that experience when you were doing the Colorado Trail. You know, when you were doing your research, um, you know, and you were reading what people were saying was hard. Right. Wasn't. <laughs> right. It was well, difficult in a whole different area. Everybody, even uh, the local governing agencies were like, don't do it in, break it up into two days. Don't do it in one day. Like, it's impossible trail to do all in one day. It's difficult and, and you know, this, that, and the other. And I rose through it like it was like nothing. I just kept kept walking and I was never even tired at the end of the trail. And, and then equally to that crawler's ledge, which is a very iconic spot, uh, just over the halfway point, um, on the Kalalau trail, just notorious for being the scariest portion of the trail. And, uh, well, yeah, yeah, definitely. I can see where it would be scary to somebody with a fear of heights or, uh, uh, you know, get in their head that, okay, yes, this is going to be scary. I went up to it and I was like, are you kidding me? This is scary. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> and I just like, just pretty much ran over like a mountain go. Like it was no big deal. I was all by myself. And, you know, I had so much hesitation going in. I shouldn't be doing this alone. Maybe I should wait until somebody kind of does it with me just in case, like I fear and I lock up or it wasn't a problem at all. Again, that's subjective. But nobody talked about 200 feet past Crawler's Ledge where I had a literal panic attack on the trail by myself because I knew, 
I knew I was going off that ledge, crashing into the waves. Like, that's the subjectivity of this. Like, Crawler's Ledge was not scary to me at all. I didn't have a single problem with footing. I mountain goad right over that trail. But not a single person in any blog, report, trail rating, no matter how you cut it, has spoken about that. I might be the only one in this world who has ever hiked a Colorado Trail and freaked out on that one little spot. Well, and that, I mean, that brings up a good <laughs> point because, you know, I remember, you know, I mean, if you take the, the most iconic, um, I, I would say, mountain in the southeast, which is on the Appalachian Trail, Blood Mountain. Oh, my God. The drama. <laughs> I know what you're the talking drama. about. The <laughs> drama. Oh my God! What was what was what was like Blood Mountain like? I mean, to me, I've done that. I've gone up that mountain. I can't even tell you how many times. I've never once thought that that section of the trail should be rated anything above moderate. You know, it it's uphill. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're in the Appalachian Mountains, not in the Appalachian Valley. You know, it's you know they're all they're all like that. I don't know why Blood Mountain gets like. Because you have two mountains before Blood Mountain. Which I thought were, (laughs) one of them was actually far more challenging than Blood Mountain's elevation, I thought, personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, like, I wish I could stand up on top of Blood Blood Mountain for through hikers and when they get up there and say, oh my God, that was hard. I I would just like to hand them like a brochure to the White Mountains in New Hampshire. (laughs) There you go. Have fun. I'll see you. See you in a few months. Here's a brochure. You know, because if you thought that was difficult, <laughs> wait till you get to the lights. But I think uh, again, it it's all perspective, and I think that and probably part fitness level. If you're starting from the south, you, you know, you do adapt physically right, to but, but, that but, ability. Uh, but, but but for new hikers, for new people that are getting um for for new people. They'll go to, and I don't mean to pick on this app, but I'm going to pick on them a little bit. They'll go to the All Trails app, and they'll do a search for top 10 hikes in Georgia. And, of course, that that will be one of them. And they'll read all the reviews. Oh, my God, it killed me. Oh, it was one of the hard. And they'll look at that, and they're like, well, I'm not going to do that one. Well, in fact, that's the one maybe they should take a look at um, because they're they're getting ratings and it's being rated difficult from people that aren't in shape, that don't, um, you know, you, you, you get an age range. And, and you get an age range probably doing that mountain anywhere from 8 to 70. That's your age range of people that are rating that section. And you can take that example and, and then multiply it all over the country. That is the that is the problem with apps like All Trails. I love. I mean, it's a great app. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not. The problem is, is that they have let um, those reviews now become where you plan and prepare. And so, if you know, I have you know, if I have a family, I've got two kids. I'm going to take them hiking. They go to All Trails, and I read ten reviews. Let's say there's. Like, let's say there's 200 views on that trail. I'm not going to go through all 200, right? I'm on my phone. I'm in the car. We're looking for a place to hike. I'm going to go in the top 10 reviews, and it says, oh, this is great, great trail, great. Oh, yeah, it's great, 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 great. But um, I get out there. 
I didn't read the other, you know, 190 reviews. And the first 10 said, oh, my God, do not bring kids on this trail. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because the 10 reviews I've just read, though, they don't have kids. Right? And so, like, I'm, you know, I get a false sense of, I get a false sense of security on that trail. And I, I believe that is why you're noticing an uptick in search and rescue and people go having to go out and help hikers or or a lot this last year is people calling 911. Well, I, I don't know where I'm in. I can't make it down the mountain. And so now 911 dispatches search and rescue and they're taking away to go up and say, well, all you have to do is hike down this trail. The trail's right here in front of you. You know what I mean? Like, what? I don't understand why I'm up here. And so, and that's happened a lot. I mean, it's fun. It's, you kind of laugh at it, but in a way, like, that's kind of scary to take 911 away because you underestimated a trail that everybody on all trails said it was easy. And now you're climbing up 2,000 feet with two kids, which happened this year. They got, they, they talked, the kids said, I'm done. They couldn't do it anymore. And so now you've got two kids. You have no water. They didn't bring any water. And so you you have two, you have all, you have mom, dad, and the two kids that are, you know, becoming dehydrated. And the, the, they were right there on the trail. They just couldn't make it down. So I, I think you have to really be careful for, you know, especially if you are new and you want to get into, you know, hiking and the outdoors, I would highly suggest that you don't, you take the reviews as general information and put it at about 10%, maybe 20%, maybe that's kind of even high, as your final decision to do that trail. There's a lot of other resources that you can look at that are a lot more reliable than somebody's perspective or their feelings. <laughs> on what that trail was like because you know yeah if i go out on a beautiful sunday uh morning it's it's eight o'clock the the air is crisp it's blue sky and i go out there and i hardly see anybody and i do a a quick three mile in and three mile back and oh my god it was beautiful beautiful fall day and i write this was the most beautiful trail i saw wildlife and it was beautiful well someone reads that review and they're like well that's what i want i want that experience but they don't get there at eight o'clock in the morning you know um, or they get out there at eight o'clock and, you know, you posted that in a beautiful November day and they went out in August <laughs> and it's 120 degrees <laughs> or they go out there in January and it's, you know, 30 degrees below zero. So it's all in perspective, you know, and that's one of the things that reviews sometimes miss is that they're, they're not comparing apples to apples. They're comparing a whole lot of different circumstances to their experience because you know everyone everyone's experience on a trail is different rarely do you get two people that are going to have the exact same experience on a trail at the same time unless you're hiking together if you're hiking together the odds of you having both the same experience are pretty good but you know for long distance hikers whether you're planning on the at or the pct or long distance your trail experience that you did that you accomplished isn't going to be the same as the next person who's going to follow you. And so, you know, um, it's it's good to review stuff, 
But if I read your review and I look at, you know, you know um, listen to your experience, I have to know my experience is not going to be that same. It's not going to be the same, and I shouldn't expect it to be the same. I think that's why trail reviews sometimes can lead people astray and they can and they can mimic a trail rating that is appropriate to you when it is so opinion-based and it is so subjective and and you know going back into generally speaking to appropriately you know rate a trail let's say it has a trail rating or let's say it has a more subjective trail rating Um, but to understand your abilities it's really about factoring in your known abilities um, of similar terrain in comparison to that. And if you even have that to go off of, maybe you don't have that to go off of. And that's kind of where I think personally, finding some kind of closer balance to a more specific, consistent trail rating that is less subjective uh, would come into play uh, for those that are looking to to predetermine that. So, um, but then, you, you know, you're exploring, let's say you're exploring outside of a known area. Uh, you know, the train is different. Let's say you've only ever hiked in uh, the West and now you're going into the Southeast, you know, vice versa. You've only ever hiked in uh, the East and now all of a sudden you've bounced over to the West for the first time. Uh, you don't have that uh, you know, that, uh, that knowledge, you don't know how you're going to do. And so, uh, it's a good idea to just downplay your abilities, like downgrade your abilities, uh, for whatever trail rating there is, uh, so that you don't, you know, get in over your head. It's like asking a Sherpa who climbs Mount Everest all the time. Hey, how's that climb? Right. He's like, <laughs> I've done it like 20 times. I mean, you got to watch that. in a day. You got to watch that crevice that'll take you down into hell. And you got to kind of walk over that ladder. But, yeah, you know, it's on a good day. Yeah, you can do it. I mean, you know, and then and then you live in Louisiana. <laughs> and so you're going up into your below sea level. And then you're coming up to there. You know, don't listen to the Sherpa's trail review on that. I, I would <laughs> Well, all say. of those, all of those, obviously, are you know going to add to an additional challenge on top of what that is. Oxygen about. being one of them. You know, maybe your body isn't physically equipped for that area or that terrain, uh, or even mentally being able to combat any of that. Uh, Which is kind of funny because you know we get that a lot even with, with traveling. You know, like when you ask locals. Which to me, in my opinion, that's some of the best trail resources you're ever going to get. If you can find a local who's done that trail that you want to do, that's golden, man. Right. Which is why people are asking the said locals at the training post I was working at, what trail should I do? It all full circle. Right. They they must have listened to our podcast. They knew to go to the locals. (laughs) No, so we wanted to kind of wrap this up and give you some real tips not just this general uh, tips for doing this, um, tips for preparing for your hike. Um, when you can't quite get a good grasp or an understanding of truly how difficult it is uh, the train is going to be or how easy it's going to be when you are in your planning and preparing stage. So you're headed out, you need to plan and prepare, you're doing do- your due diligence, you still don't have a clear understanding on it. 
um, or even above and beyond into the more subjective aspects of, okay, I have a trail rating. I've done my insane calculation in Shenandoah. I've got my number. I've With got my calculator. My, I've got it. <laughs> got to be a calculator in my backpack now. I know what I'm at, but now the next step into further preparing uh, that are going to alter that it's definitely going to alter that trail rating now into either easier or harder. So uh, our first tip would be know your fitness level straight up, whether you've uh, been on trails before or not. I think you have a clear understanding. You know yourself better than anybody. Match similar rated trails, if you have that, that you've done in the past or same terrain, same elevation that you've done uh, to be able to match that to a trail rating system and, and compare and contrast in terms of, okay, I, I remember I did this in here. I, I did this here. I did something very similar to this with this steep grade. Uh, I kind of know what I'm in for. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to knowing your fitness level, don't lie to yourself like Scott does. You know, really be honest with yourself because that's you where a lot of... You may not be 25. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but <laughs> that's really important because, you know, that's where a lot of people get in trouble. They they say, well, I think I can do it. Well, you can't really think you can do it. You kind of have to know, you know, that you're able to do that elevation uh, uh, gain and your elevation loss and and, and know that terrain. And, and uh, you know, don't don't lie to yourself. Um, equal to that, you know, it, it is always a good idea uh, to learn how to read a topography map. Um, and that way you can dig visually. I, I'm a more visual. I'm terrible at calculations. I probably wouldn't hike in the Shandoah if I was looking at a trail rating. I'd say forget it. I'm going to go the more visual route. And, uh, you know, in comparison to what people are saying about that trail, then take the the the, the real topography of an area, and 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 visually see you know your your mathematical equation that way. I think that's always a good idea. So our second tip would be understand terrain challenges. Right now, trail ratings are supposed to include that. They're supposed to be the bare bones of the trail itself, but will any terrain challenges itself either increase or decrease uh, that for you? Yeah, and a perfect example of that would be IROL. IROL is an island. It doesn't really have any mountains. It's pretty flat. Yep, it's got a, a one ridge that uh, isn't really that high. But the terrain, you're on an archipelago. You're on a rock. So most of the trail is hiking up and over on rock tree roots um and the trail isn't an easy flat trail it's extremely it's, yeah, it's it very rugged um if it's not flooded at times so you know the the terrain is going to dictate on how fast or slow you're going to be able to hike so you know know that terrain um most people you know uh fail because of blisters and they just underestimated the terrain that they were on. So it's one thing to, you know, you know, you, okay, this trail is difficult or this trail is moderate. Okay, great. What are the weather conditions? Great. You know, I, I've read some reviews. They said this is a pretty good trail. You know, the views are good. Well, you know, anytime someone says the views are good, that means you're going to be climbing uphill. 
So, <laughs> so unless you're already read, up, hell. Read in between the lines. Yeah, you got to read in between the lines, folks. Uh, and then, uh, you know, know the terrain, you know, is that, you know, a, it's a beautiful, you know, I, I just left uh, Duff Valley, right? You know, one could say when you climb that sand dune, it's a beautiful view. Well, do you know how hard hiking in sand is? So, it, you know the terrain. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, so that's a good one. So uh, our, our third tip to you would be, you know, once you have kind of selected that, now you have another layer of, okay, your trail is moderate, give or take, whatever calculation you want to say. But now factor in seasonal concerns on top of that okay well hiking that trail in summer is extremely different than hiking it in winter or uh yellowstone is a prime example because we're in the midst of it not currently being in santa fe but we're in the midst of it and you know hiking a trail in summer and early fall is going to be entirely different with seasonal concerns seasonal specific concerns that are going to make that trail almost near impossible in uh, spring. So, you know, you really do have to play in just because you have a trail rating, just because you have specific information on a trail. Great. Well, now you have to take that plan and prepare even further. So consider snowmelt. Is snowmelt an issue in your area for stream crossings that can make a very simple river crossing impassable and extremely dangerous? Um, seasonal weather danger, whether it's lightning, uh, whether it's tor- tornadoes. I've hiked, I've backpacked in a tornado. It is not fun and not I would not advise it. So, you know, wildlife behavior. Do you hate bugs so much that maybe you should not be going in a bug-infested area in the middle of summer? All of these seasonal conditions will add to the difficulty or ease of your hike. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I can't even tell you how many trail reviews I've read that say, don't do this trail. The black flies are just killers. Well... They go away. That's in June. (laughs) They're not there in November. So, you know, it's it's all in perspective. And so, you know, um, you just kind of, you have to know where you are. And, you know, that's your job. That's your, you know, you have to take the time to, if you're going to get out there and go into nature, which, you know, nature doesn't really care about you. I hate to tell you that, but nature could care less about your plans, who you are, you know, um, your, your job is to enjoy it the best way you can. And you have to do some due diligence. It's just the way it is. And um, so follow these steps. You know, they could save your life, you know, really. You know, just don't get out of your car and start walking. Um, you know, a lot of these trail reviews also, and I'll say this, is that they don't tell you, by the way, I was carrying two gallons of water on this hike. They're assuming you have done your research to understand there is no water available on this trail and your little eight liter bottled water isn't going to be enough. So, I mean, and sometimes you get a good trail review that they'll say that for you. They'll tell you. And, you know, that's a great, that's great information. So, you know, another thing when you're looking at these trail reviews, look for the good information, not the short one sentence, you know, uh, 
you know, synopsis of the trail. Look, look for. It was great. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Four, Had a four good time. Stars. Yeah, four stars. <laughs> it was great. Look for the someone. The, I can guarantee you, like, there's always going to be someone in that review pack um, that's going to be insanely detailed about that trail. So look at that and then, you know, go from there. Um, but do, you're going to have to do a little bit more research. And our last tip is adjust for anticipated weather conditions, uh, which goes without saying. And a lot of people base, they already do that naturally. Um, uh, looking at the weather, some people call off trips. Some people call audibles on their trips. Uh, most recently, we had a member post to us about an audible due to uh, snowy conditions. So these are all components that you are looking at. Uh, it's not a fear factor, but it is a component that will add to a level of difficulty uh, or adjustment in that rating system. And one final pro tip, and I think that this is most important more than anything, um, when you are having a trail rating system, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and this is kind of what we're talking about with social media aspects and influences on, on reviews itself is, is that a, a trail rating encompasses the trail itself and, and very little subjectivity to that. It's all objective information that they're trying to provide you with to be able to provide you with your hike. But all of these above tips in, in further taking a trail rating system and then adding in other components, more subjective components that are going to challenge you in different ways than the next. And Scott and I are challenged in very different ways than one another. A trail would be easier for him than it would be for me and vice versa, uh, depending on some of those components. Um, but your mental capacity can be adjusted, making that trail exponentially easier or far more challenging than you're prepared for. Um, and you know, that's why there's so many variable reasons on difficulty and easy of a trail, because at the end of the day, how you felt about it and how you come out feeling and, uh, what you were faced with throughout that really does add into that. So, um, you know, look for the consistencies and comments, you know, compare apples to apples in, in those reviews because, you know, the mental capability of what you're faced with is, is, is probably at the end of the day, the biggest subjective component of, of, of a difficulty rating uh, that cannot be, that can, there's no number that can be added to that. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm as you're talking, I, I think of one trail that I've done in particular that um, um, the trail rating <laughs> doesn't even come close. <laughs> That's Long's Peak in Colorado. Yeah. The trail rating is strenuous, but that's not all, folks. You, it's only seven miles. You start at 9,700 feet and you go to 14,000 feet. And you can do it in a day. So it's a day hike. Now you gotta get you gotta start at two o'clock in the morning. But the trail rating is strenuous. And every bit of it is strenu strenuous. Um, you have various obstacles, <laughs> as the state of Oregon would say. <laughs> you have cliff walking, you have hang on for your dear life, you have a butt crawl so you don't fall down fourteen thousand feet off of a cliff. 
But the most important thing is if you're not off Long's Peak at noon, you have lightning strikes to deal with. You have seasonal weather issues. <laughs> so, so in that trail rating system, it's strenuous, but then it's like strenuous, exclamation point. But you don't get all the other... Asterisk. You, you don't get all the asterisks to that. To, and, and, and that is one trail, uh, to give you an example, that the National Park Service does do daily ratings on so they will close a trail that day because of conditions and i and i really value that i mean that's one um, and I, I think it really should in summary i really f- wish that we could go more into a general trail rating system but with live updates yeah and every day and we we have that technology we can do that you yeah, know and, and that and that's kind of what we, we want we want we want to know like what what are some of the hardest hikes you've been on and were they hard because the difficulty rating was difficult or was it because of other components and how do you foresee us moving forward if we should move forward with a consistent trail rating system within the United States to prepare everybody a little bit more objectively for trail and how does that work with so much subjectivity brought to the table that is such an important key component of how difficult that trail writing would be. Yeah, I would love to hear uh, trail review uh, nightmare stories. Um, oh, I'd yeah. love to bring, hear that. Bring, <laughs> bring them on. I'd love to hear those. Like, so-and-so, this trail said great, but it was a nightmare. I'd love to hear those stories. So uh, go ahead and post comments on uh, our Facebook uh, uh, community, our group community uh, post. I would love to hear all your stories. Um, and speaking of having the right gear for the right reasons, um, it's we're approaching the holidays. So I want everyone to go out to the backpackerstore.com. That is the power is in the search. We built that website for you guys. You can search uh, and type in a piece of gear that you're looking for. You can compare compare prices from all the major gear stores like Moose Jaw, Camp Saver, Eastern Mountain Sports, Enlightened Gear, Hyperlite, MSR. That's all on the backpackerstore.com. In full disclosure, we own that site. We built it. It pulls all of the data from all all of the manufacturers and puts it in one place so you're not shopping around everywhere it's all in one place it's the backpacker store any small commission we make we put right back into our podcast thank you guys so much for listening uh if you would like to uh, go to trustthetrailpodcast.com click on our merch link we've got teespring we've got um, coffee cups t-shirts hoodies it's getting cold outside um we're in a hoodie right now uh, even in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Shout out to our lovely and amazing Facebook members. Uh, we just love you guys. Thank you for all the love and support uh, you've written on our group lately. Really appreciate it. Also, our patrons. We could not do this podcast without you guys. So we really appreciate that. All you need to do is create an account on patreon.com and go to Trust the Trail. As little as $2 a month, get special benefits for exclu- and exclusive content. Our podcasts obviously are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Facebook, Google Play. If we're not on one that you listen to, let us know and we'll get Trust the Trail on your favorite podcatcher right away. And remember, you guys, um, trail system, no trail system, 
Uh, do your due diligence out there. And remember, if you do everything right, you really can trust the trail because it is a, uh, it's a beautiful time of year to, to get outdoors and to go backpacking. So the trail does give you everything you need. So trust the trail. Bye, you guys. Thank you.